0: You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss spirit podcast with Ben
2: Garrett.
3: Hey, hey! Welcome back to another edition of Talk of Champions. I am your co-host, Zach Eckberry, joining me. As always, Mr. Ben Garrett, aka Spirit. Ben, good morning. How are we doing?
2: Good morning. How are you? It's been a while.
3: It has, it has. We've been uh we've been kind of all over the place. Schedules haven't aligned. Um, but we are back in the saddle. Woo woo! Uh, we're getting uh dude, we're getting geared up. We got we got double barrel transfer portal action. The, uh, second portal window for college football is open for 15 days. So, um, it's going to be, uh, as I'm, I'm writing about it right now, uh, I'll have something on Louisiana Monroe edge prospect, Anthony Campbell up on the site very soon. Uh, but as I just wrote in that piece that you will read, it's going to be fast and loose Ben. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, I saw a tweet last night from a, uh, a guy in the college basketball space. And uh, he put it pretty perfectly um, kind of describing what, uh, what the portal is and and how people have to adjust to how they approach recruiting. And um, I'm trying to find it here, so I don't butcher it. But uh, he said, quote, it is a mix of speed dating and musical chairs. If both parties like each other, the marriage begins. There's no time for indulging in whining and dining as with high school recruiting. Just can't be left without a player slash chair.
2: I think that's pretty perfect. Yeah, you got to move quickly. Um, And it's only getting worse. I kind of miss the days where there's like this three-month run up to a national signing day. I wish we had that except for the portal. I wish there was like a three-month stretch that leads up to this one day. And I've talked about this before on this podcast. The uniqueness of college football's holiday that was national signing day has been lost with the advent of the portal and how recruiting has changed. And I miss that. And I miss it more than anything for the event of it, but also um, the frenzy nature of the portal and uh, how schools recruit players and go after players and how players um, consider schools. Because, I mean, we've seen it time and again so far with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, they get involved with the kid pretty early because they're always out in front, it seems like, on portal prospects. And it, it seems like it can move quickly, like traditional recruiting would with with a school that gets out in front for a kid like that. And – by the end of it, Ole Miss is nowhere to be found because the kid's blown up. And um, I'm not saying this happened a lot, but we've seen it enough to know that, yeah, there's early interest right now and in, in an edge from ULM and an offensive line from Wyoming. and But there's also about 20 to 30 other schools comparable to Ole Miss that want that player too. So yeah. you can only report what you know. And what we know is that Ole Miss is certainly going to be active for the next handful of uh, days, weeks, as the second portal window comes to a close. And they have needs in a lot of places. I think, like, what we learned the most from spring is, and this is purely my opinion, but having watched and put my eyeballs on them, I feel like almost potentially, not right now, because some things have to get worked out, especially up front and getting healthy with the offensive line, but potentially a 10-win offense. But I think defensively they're they're staring at a 5-6 to win defense. And uh, with that schedule next year, I mean, that's – You know, spelling eight and four, but I think almost would take eight and four. But you know, I I just feel like as far as winning as many games as possible, this next portal is going to be very defensive focused, unless it's an offensive lineman. Because I feel like the skill players really came along pretty well. I think Chris Marshall's got crazy upside. Trey Harris was out for most of the spring because he was hurt, Um, so you're going to get him too. That's like making you know another portal addition in and of itself for fall camp. So there's a lot to like about what they're doing offensively. You just need to see more. You need, you need more dudes defensively because you just don't see that next level um, – those next level players jumping out to you when you go out there and watch them, if that makes sense.
3: Well, I mean, let's call it like it is. Well, first of all, the transfer portal is, is getting to where it just really sucks.
2: Um, oh, I don't dis- – I don't – I don't disagree with that. I, I I enjoy it for what it is because it's, 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 it's talent procurement. And at the end of the day – um. I want there to be as few rails as possible on talent procurement because for a school like Ole Miss, you're not Alabama, you're not Georgia, you're never going to be. You can aspire to be those programs, but you're never going to be just because your fan base is smaller, your entire operation is smaller. So you need as many avenues as possible to get talent to compete on a year-to-year basis with those teams. And because you have road trips to both Alabama and Georgia next year – um. Ole Miss, I mean, you'd already be staring at, you know, second, third, fourth place w- without even playing a game if not for the portal. I'm good with the portal. I love the portal um, because of talent procurement. Now, there are a lot of headaches that come with it, but everything comes with headaches. I mean, driving a car. I mean, you remember when you first started driving your car, 16 years old, or maybe you got your driver's permit and you get behind that car and you think it's the greatest thing ever. It's the coolest thing. You feel like you're a grown up, you feel like an adult, you feel like a big life step has happened right but then after a while it's just driving a car gets you from point a to point b same thing with the portal uh when it started it was hot it was fresh it was great and it's awesome to get the talent but the process to get that it ultimately becomes mundane and monotonous like everything else does so i think like adding a little bit of uh luster to it through the way of something has been lost like that one signing day because that was a holiday for college football And it's like the only time all year, you can even say, you can say the national championship, but I would disagree. You could say uh, bowls and I would certainly disagree, but the one day every year that college football seemingly had to itself for all kinds of coverage of the ludicrous nature of college football was national signing day. And it was fun. And it was an event. And everybody shared in that, that loved college football, the, the college football crazies out there, all of us, we shared in this experience together and now that's been lost. So I think the portal in and of itself is good, Right now it's the Wild West. I would like to see them add some structure to it and also kind of lean into the absurdity and grow the sport even more, market the sport even better. Because I think that's one thing that that we're missing here is we're, we've lost that holiday for college football that kind of reset the year and and, and uh, got the next year started after the football season was over, right? Um, so I, I don't think I, – I disagree. I don't think that the portal is a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. Um, or it doesn't suck. I don't, I don't think so. I, I enjoy it for what it is, but some of the luster of what we used to think college football is has been lost in that way. So in that way, I agree. That sucks. But the portal in, of, in and of itself for Ole Miss specifically has been a godsend because schools like Ole Miss that aspire to compete at the highest level with the le- with uh, lesser resources than those programs that do compete every single year at a championship level um, – they need every avenue to procure talent, and the portal has made Ole Miss consistent as far as on the field wins more consistent than it's ever been before. Even acknowledging that last year was disappointing, I mean, going eight and five, losing five of the last six. Old days, I mean, early 2000s, late 1990s. Ole Miss fans would have killed for eight and four, eight and five. Um, so now that you're disappointed that that's good because the expectations have changed because you believe Ole Miss as it aspires to to win and, and be better can do those things. And the only way it can do those things or have been allowed to do those things and believe that way is because of what the portal.
3: I guess I should have phrased it differently. I think the way the portal is right now sucks. Okay. I was talking with some guys this morning and we were basically just kind of calling it what it is. Like it's, it's just year round free agency. And then right now it's like mid-year free agency. You've got, players out there that haven't even been on campus for a month and they're already thinking about going somewhere else um, like the pros don't even do that
2: yeah that's that's a so crazy you, part of it yeah Braxton Myers to... considering jumping in the portal after you signed in November and early enroll that's crazy to me you know yeah
3: and and there and look there are cases like that I understand you committed to play for Sam Carter you had a you had a relationship there he leaves goes to Purdue I understand that sucks you haven't even given it a shot yet right like you you're you have barely been there, and then you see, like, you know, you go to X school, and there's a quarterback who plays in a spring game, and maybe doesn't get enough snaps, and then he starts talking about, well, I'm going to get in the portal and
2: go somewhere. Right. Else. Yeah.
3: What the hell do you think it's going to be like at another school? Sure, like, unless and that's, you, and that's the
2: thing that's uh, so kind of hilarious to me about this is like um, unless
3: you're unless you're going down to Group of Five. Yeah. Spoiler alert: there's competition and good players everywhere.
2: You're not owed anything. Like, that's Yeah, I was, was, well, I was talking to my daughter the other day, she's 10, you know, so she's getting right to that age where she's starting to kind of talk back, get some attitude about her, you know how it is, right? I mean, we all become teenagers and teenagers are nightmares. And um, so, but she started to like develop her own opinions of things and whatever. And she just did not want to go play for a soccer team in Starville the same weekend that her sister has gymnastics in Florida she couldn't stand the audition like dad it's just one soccer game and trying to explain to her that uh you know you made a commitment you got to play with your soccer team you you know they rely on you you're a teammate but no all she could think was is you're robbing me of a trip to the beach as if she was owed something and it's like this whole attitude it, it permeates everywhere now like culturally like it feels like every kid coming up thinks like they're owed something. And a lot of it has to do with, in college football recruiting, the portal, because they are promised the moon. They are promised the world. They're now given tangible reason to believe that they they've made the right choice through money. So, like, they have all the leverage. They can do whatever they want to do, right? Right? And and that's why they always think that, I mean, as they're built up, it feels like like these recruits believe now that once they get to a place Oh, you know, I, I'm I'm arriving as a known commodity. You owe me this. I do this, and if I'm not given that, if I, or, or given what I believe I am owed, then I'm out of here. And it's just it's not working that way. And that's why yeah. there needs to be yeah. some more, yeah, guardrails. And it's there.
3: and it's always been like this because it's it's recruiting. It's high school football. It's you have all these five and four stars, and sometimes they have three stars. I mean, Quinshawn Judkins was the best player on his team in high school. So it's a reality check. It's a gut check. It's a you know real life hits you in the face when you get to college and you're one of you know you know there's 84 other guys in in some chains with walk-ons and stuff everybody else is trying to get the same thing and you're not the best player on the field anymore you're not you know the bell of the ball you you're not you know the top commodity anymore and like i hate to be like this you know old man yell at clouds type thing where you know hey you got to put in the work and and earn it but I mean, the days of guys, you know, going through a recruitment, fans learn who they are, where they're from, they know the names, and they're around for three or four years. Like that's gone.
2: Yeah, and that stinks. It's in rare. That, so that in that way, that does stink. Um, but for Ole Miss and now with the portal, um, it's been a it's been a godsend, like I said. And this portal, like cycle, this window. It feels much more important now than it did going into spring because last spring, and you and I have talked about this countless times before, last spring portal season, it was just about adding some finishing touches. And really none of their late additions, if I'm recalling correctly, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if I'm recalling correctly, it was Jalen Robinson who did nothing. And I can't remember, there wasn't really a impact guy added late. I feel like it's going to be completely different this time around. Because I feel like, defensively they have no other choice so while they maybe not don't want to be involved with you know the yeah. third school is going after a ULM edge because they might not get them they have to
3: well yeah and look you mentioned already the the two schools on the schedule that we could pretty much chalk up as two losses look let's just be real um, well, sitting
2: here today you have to if you're prognostic yeah 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 like you can't with a straight right, face go oh yeah man this old Miss Team is going to run through Alabama and Georgia. I mean, the most optimistic will say, oh, they'll like if they can split that one, one, that's a win. And that's going to be, oh, a yeah, yeah. Turn. And that's, and that's certainly possible. I'm not
3: saying it'll happen. Sure. sure. We've mentioned it already. Nope. Bryce Young's gone. They got to find somebody else. Like it, it's not going to be just, okay, here are the keys, put it in cruise control. Well, let's like, think about it this It one. might be, but it's not a guarantee. So, yeah,
2: sure. But Georgia on the road, Hell They're not no. beating Georgia. But, like, let's think about it this way. Ole Miss offensively, if we're just thinking about year to year, which is what college football is now, Ole Miss right now has an offense at its peak potential. If it plays at its peak potential with the talent it has against Alabama and Georgia, yes, that offense can compete with Aub- I mean, excuse me, Alabama and Georgia and potentially win games. Maybe one, maybe two at their peak potential. They have that kind of next-level talent. And we're not just talking about – You know, Jackson Dart taking a step. Spencer Sanders really impressed me in the Grove Ball on Saturday. He finally looked like himself. And for the first time all spring, I was like, oh, I get it now. I get why they brought him in. Um, He makes all the right decisions now. Getting the ball to those places, making those right decisions and getting the ball there, that's another challenge all unto itself. However, like Walker Howard has arm talent. You you can see it, and you get it, and you know that if they find the right mix of all those players at every position, quarterback, wide receiver with Chris Marshall and Trey Harris and on and on, Jordan Watkins taking a step. Offensive line gets healthy. Oh, yeah, that offense can compete, compete at the highest level. And all you're trying to do is give yourself an opportunity to compete at the highest level. Unfortunately for Ole Miss defensively, they're not there. They're not close, even with the portal additions. Samari so Walton is really good. He's going to be really solid opposite DeAndre Prince. But outside of him, Josh Harris looks solid. Monty Montgomery looks like he can be a playable piece. Uh, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste looks solid as all get-out. Great build. You can see it. we got some edge traits that, that are really encouraging. But I'm just not seeing the same kind of pop and potential. And maybe that's just because it was the first spring under to they're putting in a new defense. They're figuring some things out. Or maybe yeah, they I, need I, some more. They, like, they need some reinforcements, especially, I think, as far as pass rushing capability and just some dynamicism. On the back end, I want to see that dude. I mean, when you saw Mike Hilton play football, he was a three star, whatever. But like when you saw him play football, he flew around. He was everywhere. He was always a part of the action. Same thing with Tony Connor when he was healthy. Those kind of guys, you just aren't seeing enough of them, especially in the back end and up front. You know, Robert Combschi couldn't never get to like get the quarterback down to the ground, but he always got there. You're just not seeing consistent pressure. You're not seeing dudes, guys that you say, "Oh yeah, that's a next level player." Um, not that they aren't going to be solid enough. Not that they can't win eight, nine games. They could schedule stuffer, but offensively, you can pick them out. You could line them up and go, oh, yeah, that that looks like a guy. Even Braylon Brown looks like a guy, right? But defensively, they just don't have those depth of options, and that's what's concerning to me, and that's what I'm paying attention to in the portal because it made sense when we saw their their first portal target for the May window was an offensive lineman from Wyoming, Right. I was like, oh, that makes sense. But where are the defensive players? And now you're starting to see the defensive players because I feel like they could stand to to use two, three, four players defensively just to help out. If you can't go get dudes in the portal in May, which we we would all argue, like you're not going to go find, you know, a Spencer Sanders caliber linebacker as far as his position designation, right? And plug him in at linebacker in the May portal. But if you can get more solid options, maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough to compete at that level. But that's all I'm watching now in the May portal period where are they go defensively. Cause after a spring's worth of evidence offensively, I feel like they're perfectly capable enough with that schedule to compete at the highest level. Now I don't think they're going to win every one of those games, um, but I feel like they have that kind of talent comparable enough to compete on one night with those teams defensively. I don't think they're there. I'll Maybe. say this
3: and and look, I, I know that we have to do it because it's our job, and this is what you do post spring, but it's it, it's it's a fool's errand to make sweeping accusations or assumptions, not accusations assumptions, or you know these big like overarching themes about well, this is what they did in the spring games, so by God, they better do this. like we talked about Alabama and Georgia earlier. am I doing it a couple of it. No, I'm just saying in general, just like talking heads and, and you know, people in the business that, well, we saw this on Saturday at the Grove Bowl. Well, you know, they're in trouble. Okay. First no, of all, I'll, like, I'll it's be, a spring I'll, game. No, they're it's, not in trouble. It's a they're practice. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, just speaking in general about the defense. Like they weren't tackling all the way to the ground. They're trying to keep people healthy. It's not a full team out there. I mean, half the offensive line's out. Tons of defensive guys were out. Some guys were in street clothes. At the end of the day, if you're not, let's say Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Southern Cal, Michigan. Clemson? The word depth is with a capital D and should be on every dry race board in every room and in your building. Well, sure, but I'm
2: not talking about depth. And I'm not I'm I'm talking more about Uh, High-end talent that's transferable to the next level. Chance Campbell got here. You saw it. You went, oh yeah, he's a next-level player. He was a six-round pick. Dean Leonard had transferable traits. He stepped in. You went, oh, he's got some ball skills. He's competitive as hell. I think.
3: I think if you're an Ole Miss fan, you're going to learn a lot more in the first couple games than you're ever going to learn in spring practice. And like,
0: I'm just saying, like, what they have. And I know they got
3: to, and their talent. I know they gotta hit the portal now because it's only yeah. 15 days. But yeah, I mean, sure. Go get a guy from ULM that's six seven and almost 290 pounds. Like they that, can use that. That should yeah. work. Go get a guy from Wyoming that everybody else wants that's a mammoth tackle that you could plug and play.
2: I wish um, there was one stud, stud linebacker that they could go get. If they could get Troy Brown again, Chance Campbell again. <laughs> And I love Monty Montgomery and I love J- Jeremiah Jean Baptiste, but see, I, that's because see, they just yeah, their think, room was. I going to be. I think they're going to be
3: fine there because those those guys are experienced. They've played a ton of football, and I do think they have playmaking traits and ability. I just think you got to get difference makers up front, and I do think they have a good room, but again, add more depth. It, it's no. it's not a knock on the room or anybody that plays for Ole Miss. It's just you got to have more because. Yeah. Everybody plays fast now. Everybody gets hurt. Um, I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know when their bye week is, but, I mean, it, it's just going to happen. It, it's football. They're 200 to 350-pound people running around really fast and hitting each other. It's a dangerous sport. It's, you just have to add more pieces. That's, I think people get that confused with, well, everybody must suck because they're going after this guy. No, you, you just need more people because you're well, not it, Alabama, you're not Georgia, you're not Ohio State.
2: Here's the thought exercise for you. All right, if I said Zach, name me five players without thinking, just immediately off that offense that you think could be NFL players. You can name it quickly. You know, Quinshawn Judkins would yeah. be number one. He's going to be an NFL player. Michael Trey could be that. Caden Priestcorn could be that. Chris Marshall could be that. Trey Harris could be that. And I haven't started on the offensive line. Jaden Williams could be that. Um, Jeremy James is going to be that. Jackson Dart, if everything fell right, could be that. Spencer Sanders could be that. His Shoulders got to be healthy. Walker Howard is the most talented of the three quarterbacks. He's got the most transferable – he's got more transferable next-level traits than any of the three. Yeah. Defensively, you can't really do that. I mean, you could make a case maybe for Jeremiah – or not Jeremiah, but J.J. Pegues. You don't want to go by Jeremiah. J.J. Pegues. Cedric Johnson. But Cedric Johnson's got to be healthy. He's got to get on the field. Samari so Walton? Okay, okay yeah. Sure. I'll buy that. DeAndre Prince, I'll buy that. But outside of that, and that's where the concern comes from. Can you find guys like that, though? Can you find dudes in the May portal? We haven't seen that before. True dudes, like you do in um, the Winter Portal. I don't know. But I feel like for the first time in four years, we're really going to find out. Because I feel like Pete Golding and Lane Kiffin know they have enough offensively to truly compete at the highest level. They do. But defensively, yeah. they don't. I mean,
3: we, we we talked about we talked about an Alabama team that doesn't have Bryce Young and everybody else that is going to the NFL on that team. Well, Ole Miss, you could make an argument that they should have won that game. I mean, they had them. Yeah, they had So them. the offense at that point, now it had some issues later in the year. But. For the most part, that offense, that core of playmakers outside of the receivers, which is an unproven but talented group,
2: it's all back. So, Yeah, I, I love I, Ole Miss's wide receiver room. I do. I love it right now. Unproven, but – See, I, I think it is proven. I mean, Jalen Knox is is proven enough. He just has not been healthy. First year he it's was – It's been invaluable. a minute. Yeah. I yeah. think Jalen – I mean, Jalen Knox looked great this spring. No. If he doesn't have any if he doesn't have at least a good enough impact in the fall, I will never believe in spring performance ever again. You can mark that down, write it down. Jalen Knox is that good this spring. If he does nothing in the fall, I am never putting any stock into spring again. Because I've seen it too many times.
3: Now also people need to remember look, if you need if you have a dry race board in your room, listener That's out there. Write right. it on there. If you got yes. a post it, put it on the post it. Chris Marshall has only been playing football for a little over a year and a half. I mean, he looks—he's well, he, me. incredible. Two years. If
2: he—if he can keep his head screwed on straight, he's a next level receiver. He looks awesome right now. So I, I mean, love the wide receiver room, and I love and like, I love extremely the running back room. Raw, screen. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And a lot but of he was a five star for a reason. Yeah, you see it. You see, it when you go out there and you put your eyes on it. oh god, yeah, who's that? Oh, number twelve, that's Chris Marshall. Holy crap, yeah, yeah. Um, and you can do that it, even the running back room. I know they lost Zach Evans, who is being criminally undervalued in the lead up to the NFL draft. Like we're, I think we're nine days away from the draft, and Jonathan Mingo is getting projected by some as a first rounder, which I love. I, I love it for Jonathan Mingo. Um, I hope it happens for him, but he has the same kind of issues going in that Laquan had as far as separation and how he looks um, on a stat sheet, you know, analytically, like his separation problems are real. Like there's a reason why all, his, all of his catches are contested. Right. But I hope it happens. And Jonathan, my, my point is that not to knock Jonathan Mingo, I hope he's a first second round pick. He deserves it. He's awesome kid, but Zach Evans is getting crin- criminally undervalued. You're talking about a guy that's going to be going in the fifth, sixth, seventh round potentially, because he's been banged up most of his career and most of the pre-draft process he was banged up. But Zach Evans, if he's healthy, Oh, he's a top two round talent that will yeah. that can start in the NFL. Like he's a starting running back in the NFL and a damn good one as well. Um, so acknowledging that Ole miss no longer has Zach Evans, who I absolutely love. I like their running back room. It's not just because of Quinshawn either. Um, they could use one more, but Kedrick Roscano is coming. Yeah, you'd love to have another. You I'll, know, veteran running back to come in behind Ulysses Bentley so that Kedrick doesn't have to be the number three immediately coming in. But that's that's a luxury. That's not yeah. a need.
3: They I'll have needs
2: defensively, you know?
3: I'll say this. We've really buried it into the show here. And I don't want to talk too much about a spring game, and I already said that you can't put a lot of stock into it. But a healthy Ulysses Bentley is going to help this offense.
2: Oh, it's, it's going to be killer. It's like I mean, that old he... thing Chip Carey I, I, Chip Carey thank god he's he's now the play by play man for the Cardinals. I had to suffer through Chip Carey's abrasion. Oh, fan come on. on. Oh, it's brutal. He's brutal. He's brutal, man. He's not that bad. Brutal. He's no Tony Romo. He's worse than Tony Romo. Anyway, Chip he's... Carey used to always say whenever somebody would come off the injured list around like if if the Braves didn't do something around the trade deadline and all these fans were disappointed because they wanted to see him make a move and the guy was coming off the injured list, Chip Carey would always say well, that's just like making a midseason trade. And I hated it. I did because mostly I just thought Chip Carey was bad at his job. But you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna use it. Cause Ulysses Bentley, we were praising him this time last year. I mean, you looked at the numbers and the profile of what he can be as a change of pace to Quinshawn, as a pass catcher, as a you know, instant offense, instant scoring threat, if he gets some gets some breakaway space. We loved him, right? If if Obis had added that player with that resume, but his name was John Smith from wherever, you know, in February, it would have been one of the biggest signees in the portal. But that's kind of what happens. If you go somewhere like a Jalen Robinson and don't do anything, you're now diminished goods, right? Yeah. I mean, for most kids too that think they're going to get in the portal and just because you're promised everything – um in recruiting to come to this school they think they're gonna get in the portal have this no immediately they're like okay well why didn't it work there for you why are you already out of the picture yeah you're gonna have a lot of suitors but like the idea that you're gonna be given this nil deal with this promise of uh competition stepping in and compete like no it completely resets and you're starting from a place of lesser leverage i mean schools are already looking at you and saying hey wait 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 what's wrong with you why are you not there that's what i
3: was gonna say at
2: some point. At yeah. some point, the player becomes the problem. The player becomes the problem. So like Ulysses couldn't stay healthy last year. But if, if we were just if Omus was just getting him in January and February, oh God, we, we'd be talking about him still when we we're talking about him now. Because that's he's that big of a potential impact player if he's healthy. But you don't want to like if he you can't count on that because he's out all all year last year, and Kidja Griscano is a true freshman. So ideally, Omus over the next week, two weeks would get a running back. Dylan Johnson, I mean, there's a reason why they pursued Dylan Johnson, the state transfer who ended up at Washington. I mean, they would love to add one more, but it's a luxury. We're not talking about luxury items in May, which is what you want to be talking about in the second portal. You don't be talking about luxury items. Yeah, go get uh, a third, fourth running back just because you can. Mm -hmm. Defensively, they need some real help. Because I do think they're solid enough to – not be embarrassing like they've been for so long now. Last year was. I mean, they they were solid last year through seven games, this the seven easy games, and then once the schedule got tougher, they predictably yeah, fell apart they, completely. They
3: put Ole Miss in position to win games and down the stretch.
2: That's that's okay, sure, sure.
3: Not all of them, but I, I can't the get the, did the their Arkansas part game in more more times than not. I cannot well, get the Arkansas yeah. game out
2: of my brain. Everybody it's, lost you know, the Texas Tech game. It's not one side or the other was worse. They were both terrible. But Texas Tech, I mean, the defense you could say kept them in it. But I mean, it's like the offense was returning the favor for how bad the egg bowl. Was. Yeah, the
3: egg bowl should have been a win.
2: Sure. Yeah,
3: I mean the the, the statistics show that it was a average to an, a slightly above average defense, and with the offense that they had, there was the two receivers they had. The quarterback, the running back. <laughs> should have been better. I mean, come on.
2: Also, I mean, it's like we forget the goal line stand and I put that in quotation marks for Ole Miss when State just dropped three passes in a row. I mean, come bought on. Ball don't lie, Ben. Come on. Come um on. well here's the thing. I, I don't now, want people to get I don't want here, I don't want people to get their their spirits down here about the defense. I'm talking from a place of changed expectations, altered expectations. I expect Ole Miss to be at a certain level now. I think, oh, I mean, Ole Miss would have killed for this collective talent defensively back in 2010 or whatever it was when they went two and ten. I, I don't, I don't, and this is not to begrudge the player because I loved him as a person and as a player, and he'd been a perfectly solid player in a defense with comparable talent. But gone are the days when Charles Sawyer was clearing away the number one defensive player, best defensive player on the defense. You know, like Ole Miss has uh, got has gotten to a place where defensively, the town is better than it has been in most Ole Miss history. But we're not judging this, Ole Miss football, by past history anymore because now you're paying your head coach a top eight salary. Your NIO money is being paid for the best players in the portal like a Spencer Sanders who other more quarterback-hungry schools wanted and couldn't afford because you stepped up and paid him. We have to think of it from the level of like the if the baseline is eight wins, just that that's good enough to, yeah, some fans are going to still be pissed off, but you can get by. If that is the baseline, which used to be, you know, the aspiration, the general overall aspiration, yeah, your defense isn't there yet. And you kind of knew that. I, you knew it was coming. I don't think they anticipated losing Davison and Taishim. And Taishim didn't have a good year last year. And Davison was up and down but he was a true freshman. But those guys had transferable traits, and they don't have enough of those guys anymore.
3: I think another thing to remind the listeners and subscribers at omspirit.com, part of On3, a lot of new variables in the mix here. We already talked about Golding. You've got several new position coaches. Um, in my opinion, most importantly, John Garrison on the offensive line. Um, there was no question last year the offensive line could run block.
2: Yeah, I think Just John Garrison is an I like I like Jake Thornton. Um, but I think John Garrison They another. couldn't pass block. They couldn't pass block.
3: That's I, I tell people that all the time where they're like, Man, like Dart was so up and down last year and like man, he had some just head scratching moments. I'm like, well, well, think about how like how much probably faster... would be too if he
2: was running, yeah. if you're
3: running for your life, just about
2: every drop back. And like that, it like instinctively, inherently becomes like your time your your clock, internal clock oh, speeds it... up.
3: You know, oh, one thousand percent. I don't think like he, he
2: was going in in one point five speed on a podcast time. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he was always sped up, and a lot of that is, yes, he's at fault, but also his offensive line. Like that was learned behavior because his offensive line wasn't giving. Him I don't time. think.
3: I don't think he gets enough credit for the Texas A and M game. I was there in person, so field level is different than watching on television. It was remarkable how well he maneuvered in and out of the pocket. And He didn't always he didn't always make the, the best throw. He had some questionable decisions, but his ability to evade pressure and either get first downs with his legs or dump it off to Judkins or whoever, this is best I don't game, think he gets opinion. enough credit.
2: It's his best game. Oh, it, yeah. With it, that, like, statistically, with it wasn't.
3: Outside but of he, the first, what, yeah. 12 minutes of the LSU game?
2: But, man, he looked game. like he knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, he was in full control. And that's, like, the biggest benefit for Spencer Sanders. He always seemingly makes – I mean, he has his mistakes. I mean, we all do. But he seemingly, for the vast majority Over of the time, 40 of them, makes the right decision. He does. He knows where to go with the ball. Now, getting the ball where it needs to be, that can become a problem because he's not as talented as far as being a, a pass thrower as Walker Howard, but neither is Jackson Dart. What made Jackson Dart have the QB1 spring that he had were two things, in my opinion. One, Spencer Chandler was hurt for most all of the spring with a shoulder finally looked like himself in the the spring game. And that's when I went, oh, okay, I get it now. I get why he's here. So game on. They're going to be competing. There's no QB1 right now. But um, the reason why he was QB1 is is Jackson Dart all spring is because Spencer was hurt. And also, he only committed one turnover. And that was like the biggest problem for Ole Miss offensively, what held it back, is the turnovers. It wasn't just Jackson either. They turned the ball over too much. And for Jackson to keep that offense operating – It's a big deal, you know, like protect the football. I think
3: people are going to hate it because the old adage of, you know, you got two or three quarterbacks, you don't have one.
2: This is different though.
3: (laughs) There's a way, there is a path to them playing all three this year.
2: Oh, I agree. I I think think Dart
3: Dart is the starter. Yeah. He's the experienced guy in the offense. Yeah. He makes plays. He's a multifaceted dual threat quarterback. I don't think he gets enough credit for his legs. I know he's not.
2: And his competitive. He's not Matt
3: Corral. He, he may not have the speed. I don't know if you have seen him in person. I don't know if anybody else, the listeners and subscribers, have had the opportunity to see him field level in person. He is an enormous human.
2: He's not he tall. Is.
3: No, I'm talking about like he thick He's with thick. two C's. Yeah, spin. yeah. Like yeah. he is a big dude. Yeah. Um, but I think that having a guy like Spencer Sanders, who is also thick, he can take some pressure off of him. Run the football come in, add a new wrinkle, and then, like you said, you got Walker Howard, who's the heir apparent, you know, the, the next coming of a potential great quarterback at Ole Miss. He's got all the intangibles, all the tools. You saw the patience. You saw the arm talent. You saw the touch. Everything, again, it's a spring game, whatever. It's a glorified practice, but he's still doing it against other players. It's not against air. Um, what
2: I'm saying is in any other battle, Ole Miss quarterback battle, he would be the clear and away favorite. I think back to when uh, Bo was was competing against Barry Brunetti and Randall Mackey. When did Barry and Randall? No, or yeah, was that the three-headed quarterback? Yeah. Okay, and I love Randall Mackey by the way. Like I think he would have been a Barry great there, or,
3: or was it just Mackey?
2: I know it was Brunetti. So if you know it was Randall, we got our three. But this yeah, is that was not twenty that. twelve. Like Walker yeah. Howard would have run away with that job. Bo wasn't a good practice player. Bo was a gamer. Walker Howard, you can see it. Who cares if you're a good practice player if you can make plays in game? Well, that's the thing. And so, in practices all spring, um, Walker would have his, you know, youngin moments where he would just make a boneheaded decision because he doesn't have the experience. Spencer couldn't get the ball there because his shoulder was shot. So Jackson's protecting the ball, getting where it's supposed to go. Of course, he's going to be QB one. But then in the spring game, which was the first, and and again, it's a spring game. You're right. We're not reading. We can't read too much into it. It's a spring game. They didn't tackle to the yeah. ground. Um, it was designed like Lane Kiffin made a point to design it where they scored a lot of points. He watched that Florida spring game. Was like, God, this is terrible. <laughs> I got to make sure that it's <laughs> antithetical to that. And he did still. That was the, the only thing, the only like closest thing we've gotten to game simulation for Ole Miss with these new quarterbacks since they got here. So it's the only thing we can judge it off of practices are equally as competitive. And we see that too. We see scrimmage practices, and we see these next-level throws where Walker Howard's throwing Brandon Buchholz are open on tight coverage or, or dropping a perfect dime into the back corner of the end zone. And you wonder why he's not a part of it. I'm telling you, if this were any other almost quarterback battle, far and away, clearing away, the leader, he would be. And then he gets into the spring game, and he goes 11 for 13. He runs the ball well, too. Maybe he's a gamer, right? And yet, we don't talk about Walker Howard in that way. That's what's crazy and it's just assumed by Walker too he I, I said this i just think it's weird
3: i think it's just again
2: if it was a true competition not, is what i'm saying we we wouldn't not be so away, dismissive sure, of sure
3: not taken away from what he did cuz he did it i seen it but it's different in a spring game and then being on the road at georgia or you know playing Auburn. or and this is why insert we sec about this. opponent
2: here okay, because- okay, 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 because this is why I brought this up. This is why I've been talking about it for 30 minutes, all right? When you think about it through that lens, you said at the start, the most optimistic Ole Miss fan would say ah, a split of Alabama and Georgia, that's a win. If you asked every Ole Miss fan, fan to be completely honest about how many games Ole Miss is going to win next year, most of them would fall around seven and a half over under. Most would take seven and a half. Eight, I think –
3: Eight, eight and four, and then catch one, catch somebody slipping, have a big play, there is a path to winning nine. Okay.
2: But, yeah, Jackson and Dart and Spencer Sanders in a season like that, of course they're the, one of those two are the starters. And you go to the other one that the other one isn't working. If they lose to an Auburn or a team that for the perfect season, for the right season, for the great season, the breakthrough season, you got to beat Auburn. And the quarterback who starts that game, Jackson or Spencer, doesn't. All right, switching it up. But if it ends up where it probably is going to end up, 8-4, and that's a Walker-Howard season. That means you lost to Alabama. You lost to Georgia. You lost two games, probably one of those at least, to a team your your fan base thinks you shouldn't have lost to. Walker-Howard will be starting games at the end of that kind of season. He'll be the quarterback of the Egg Bowl. It'll be like Eli – in the Music City Bowl, replacing Romero and almost bringing almost back against West Virginia. All of the build-up for the I next was, season was, was on I was Eli. there for that one. Yeah, yeah, I was too. Was we all to remember say. that. And what did it become after that happened? It was the entire buildup to the next season. Eli's here. He ain't coming no more. Eli is here, right? That's what it'll be for Walker Howard in the next year. Ideally, in a perfect world, Jackson Dart, balls out in a year or two improvements, shades of, similar to Matt Corral, and he becomes a top three-round pick in the NFL draft. I don't think he's got that kind of arm talent like Matt, but that is the ideal scenario because in that scenario, you've had a better season than maybe your schedule is going to allow you to right now as far as predictions. Eight and four, maybe that makes you nine and three. Maybe ten and two, and the only two losses are Alabama and Georgia, right? Yeah. Jackson Dart goes off. Walker Howard is inheriting the 10-win team because Spencer Sanders doesn't have any eligibility either. Do we think that's going <laughs> to yeah. happen, though? No. What I think is going to happen is they're going to be up and down because defensively they don't have enough horses. Um, offensively, Jackson Dart starts the year. They win some. They lose it to an Auburn or whoever they might not supposed to be losing to. Spencer Sanders comes in, does some good things. They still end up losing to Alabama and Georgia. And at the end of the year, everybody's thinking, okay, play Walker Howard. That's what's going to happen. This I is
3: to- – Okay. Here we go. Good segue. Here's like Walker thinking. Howard
2: could be the starter in the Music City Bowl.
3: Here's what I'm thinking. November 11th in Athens. Okay. Let's say it's, shit, I don't know, 37-16 in the fourth quarter. Georgia's up.
2: How we'll many wins does Ole Miss have to this point? What's the record? Uh,
3: let's run it down.
2: One, two, three. All right. Four, Here we go. Five, Here we go. Six, seven. Start at the season opener and go to Georgia and just tell me the games I'm gonna give you wins or losses right now, based on what we know about this team coming out of spring portal opening up and all that. Second portal. Start with season opener.
3: Okay. Mercer win. Tulane win. Georgia Tech win. You hesitated far too long for that one. Alabama loss. LSU loss. Arkansas. Loss. Oh, oh,
2: oh. I'm done predicting all those wins against Arkansas. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Win. That's just okay. me being. I, I hate Arkansas. Ole Miss games. Uh, I hate them so yeah. much. I hate them. Okay. okay. Win. It's at. It's at home though. It's at home. All right. Win. Fayetteville is Fayetteville. Yeah. You know what zone. else was all at right. home? Zach. Fourth and 25. Are you going to
3: tell me about a game that was a loss?
2: Fourth and twenty-five was at home. You know what else was at home? The seven overtime game against Arkansas that Eli lost. Well, Eli didn't lose, but Eli was quarterback. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah. don't tell me if like there's a home okay. field advantage. Those games are screwy and weird. Hi, this is Kevin Kessinger, former Ole Miss baseball player, son of Ole Miss Hall of Famer Don Kessinger, and dad to Ole Miss All-American shortstop Gray Kessinger, and your local community banker with BNA Bank. BNA Bank has invested 125 years in our communities, and we know the needs of North Mississippi businesses better than anyone. As a commercial lender with BNA Bank, my priority is Oxford, and I'd love to help you and your business with any lending needs.
0: Visit www.bnabank.com to learn more. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking, Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
2: Ole Miss fans, the 2023 Ole Miss football season will be here before you know it. And season ticket renewals, it's time. They're due March 31st. Renew now by logging on to your account at Ticks.com. That's OleMissTix.com. Or by calling the Ole Miss Ticket Office at 662-915-7159. And excitement is building around Ole Miss basketball. And the Ole Miss Ticket Office is currently accepting new season ticket orders for men's and women's basketball. Current season ticket holders can renew starting July 1st. So go to OleMissTix.com. That's OleMissTix.com. Or call 662-915-7159. The car buying process can be a lot. I know. I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels. Let's be friends. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second
3: All right, so they're four and two. Okay. Head to Auburn. Okay. Now now we're in my predicament. I think they're winning this game. I do too.
2: But I they also play like shit I, at
3: Auburn, but Hugh Freeze doesn't have a quarterback.
2: Yes, but Hugh Freeze is now, a damn good football coach. Plenty of season to figure it out. He's a damn good football coach. It, you can say a number of other things about him as a football coach. Objectively, he is an absolutely sure. stellar football coach. More more times than not,
3: especially in the SEC. Now, this tracks with all college football, but especially in the SEC, I'm going to go with – I'm looking at the quarterback, how the sure. quarterbacks stack up. First sure. first, thing, first things first, I will take Lane Kiffin and the three-headed monster of Jackson Dart, Spencer Sanders, and Walker Howard over whoever the hell Auburn has.
2: I agree. I would counter and say wouldn't it be the most old Miss thing ever and all taking into account our lifetimes with Ole Miss, the Hugh Freeze revenge game, wouldn't that be the most predictable thing ever? Doesn't that feel like that? Because it's still – I mean, it's a new Ole Miss. Okay, it's a new Ole Miss. Ole Miss is consistently winning eight games a year under uh, Lane Kiffin. That's awesome. Never done that before. Like year to year to year to year to year. We're always expecting eight wins at least. That's awesome. The expectations have changed at Ole Miss football – um, I never thought I'd see the day, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I love the Motor City Bowl. I thought that was – that's what Ole Miss was. That's what we went to, right? So – It was, it was great
3: this, to see people leave the stadium against Alabama and be pissed and not
2: sad. Yeah, exactly right. Like, what the hell? Like, that was refreshing. That, that was great. The expectations are different, all right? I still got that old Miss, we are old Miss in me. You do, too. Every one of you listening do, too. Okay. It's the Valpo shot. It's 4th and 25. It's Laquan getting hurt against Auburn. It, on and on and on. It's Bo Wallace's interception at LSU. Uh, on and on and on. The, the whole NCAA investigation stuff. Mike Sheridan and Hugh Freeze going at it like WWE wrestlers. On and on and on and on and on. And, on. and that's just for, like, the modern era. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't even done. like I, I, I mean, Billy Brewer, Billy Dog Brewer and going on NCAA – uh, probation, losing out on Peyton. You've talked about, like, your your worst loss was what? I think you said Roscoe Parrish and Frank Gore in recruiting? Yeah. I mean, just so many. We are Ole Miss moment. Steven has striking out against Texas when Texas, the best team in the country, came to Ole Miss, and Ole Miss trying to get to Omaha. Like, there's so yeah, many. I going to say, insert super regional here. There's so many. All right? So, I still have that little – We are Ole Miss Seat of Doubt whenever I have these conversations. And I look at that when I'm breaking down games, and I look at the Hugh Freeze revenge game and think of all the national spotlight crap, like those flowery stories, you know?
3: Oh, Marty Marty Smith is going to have a field day that week. Field day. On the flip side.
2: Like, Feinbaum all week is going to be talking about the Hugh Freeze revenge game.
3: (laughs) All week. On the flip side. On the flip side here, Ben. He will never admit it, but that game is 1000% circled for Lane Kiffin.
2: Oh hell yeah, I have not thought about that really. I'm being honest. I haven't... Yeah. Oh, he So won- many won. reasons. Yeah. For so many reasons.
0: You know, See, that's what you like keep
2: you. coming back to. Thank you for this. That's what you keep coming back to. Lane Kiffin is old Mrs. head football coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like this, is a, this isn't we haven't even we haven't even gotten
3: we haven't even gotten to basketball and talking about Chris Beard being the head coach for almost basketball, right? Which is also insane to say.
2: So this isn't um, God love him that this isn't Steve Sloan, Matt Luke going in to, to face, you know. <laughs> even David Cutcliffe going back and beating Tommy Tuberville. David Cutcliffe was a good coach. I will defend him. Like, I got yeah. to love David Cutcliffe as a coach. I think one of the most brilliant college offensive minds ever. Really do. Um,
3: well, anybody, anybody that says he's not is just being a pedantic ass. Well, athlete.
2: his problem was that he just did not want to get his uh, hands dirty at all, recruiting-wise, at all. And that's just, you, <laughs> yeah. you, come on. All right, come on. Which is why he was perfect for Duke. That's well, why he didn't get Frank Gordon-Roscoe Parrish, right? Well, I mean. Yeah, there you go. All yeah. right. Yeah. All right, so let's but, get
3: back to it. So I,
2: I, Net, Lane Kevin is the head coach, so I got I to gotta drop that. Uh, you're right. Thank you for calling me on my bullshit. Because okay. it's true. No,
3: no, 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 no. We're talking through it. This is, this works both ways. It's therapy. It's therapy for us. I think, I I think that game's going to mean a lot to Lane Kiffin because of all the Auburn stuff that that went down, the Lane Kiffin, Hugh Freeze, quote unquote, rivalry.
2: I think there's a real rivalry there. I really do.
3: Well, yeah, now with Hugh Freeze there, it's natural. Oh, oh, but
2: yeah, but I think before that, I think like uh, Kiffin is somebody Freeze has always kind of aspired, like saw himself in. He's he's a few he's steps who, ahead of me of where he's I'm who gonna be he like as he was. I don't say I say I, I didn't want to put it that way. It's more like, oh, that's my lane. That's like the, not uh, part pardon the pun. That's that was unintentional. But like he saw that's my pathway. <laughs> that that, that's yeah, that's my pathway. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna coach an NFL team. I'm gonna do this that like because his style, they're both very similar. Not just schematically, just personality too. Lane's much more uh Lane's much more honest about who he is. You know, he doesn't try to put off like this front, but they're the same personality wise. They they very much are the same. Um, so like Hugh Hugh
3: Freeze wishes he had the cachet that Lane Kiffin yeah, has on Twitter. Exactly. Like, like, yeah.
2: you're, like you're no one takes distinctly than me, yeah.
3: Hugh Freeze serious on Twitter. Like he's a joke. <laughs> the dude still searches his name on Twitter. Right? <sighs> Stop.
2: Never anyway, do well, I get do get to it. it. I do get it, but it kind of speaks to what I'm talking about and how they're very similar. And I don't mean this negatively. It's just who they are. I, I'm very, I'm a lot like this. Uh, they're crazy narcissists, and you have to be in this game, like to win at this level, you have to think you're the you're the best coach. Oh, or, every everybody's out to get coaches. you. You know, J- Jimbo sucks. And why does Jimbo suck? It was like the media stuff the other day. It was like, oh, y'all are picking on me. Turns on the media because he's losing, right? But he still won a national championship. He's a national championship winning coach. You know. So he's a it good coach. A, it
3: takes a special, it takes a yeah. special person to have seventy-five million dollars guaranteed and still play the victim.
2: Yeah, but they have it's to. Like, come on, they have to. I mean, you're making nine million dollars a it's, year. You're making more in a week bit. than most of us make in a year. He's he's dedicated to the bit. But you have to be. You have to like find motivation because let's be honest, no one's trying to go to the Music City Bowl to start a year. But most teams no. with the way this the sport maybe is set Iowa. Up, most maybe teams Iowa is. maybe most teams are gonna end up there, the vast majority. And the coaches know that. <laughs> <laughs> like credit to Lane Kippen well, to would... make it to make us be able to talk with a serious face. But like so we can say this with our face straight as an arrow. Ole Miss every yeah. year could be a playoff contender. And no one laughs at you anymore. So, I'm glad he is this way. He has turned this in, into that. You know, like he, you need when that. The playoff, when the playoff expands, they're absolutely oh yeah. oh in yeah. the mix. Oh, 100%. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Now, we'll this say will be a completely ben, different conversation right now if uh, the playoff was, you know, opening up this year. Obviously, Obis, Obis yeah, is yeah. still a playoff contender, fringe playoff contender. They have a 10 win offense, in my opinion. Schedule sucks. I mean, We've gotten top- off track. Auburn. So we're saying we, beat, we're, Ole Miss is going to beat Auburn. All right. I
3: think they. I think it's going to be a just an absolute, just
2: root canal of a game. But I th- think they win. See, but Arkansas, Auburn, both of those games are easily ones that could go the other way. If you pick yeah. the win, it could be a loss. Well,
3: <laughs> as but is let's life. just say we're um, being
2: optimistic.
3: Okay, win. Five and two. All right. That's right. Hold on. Let me do my one, two. Three, four. Yeah, five and two. Sorry, journalism.
2: No, it's my Um, fault. I run my mouth too much.
3: Yeah, and now you mentioned with the Music City Bowl, I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams that may not want to go because there's a lot of Bud Light in Nashville, so it could change. Um, Oh, God. All right, so five and two heading into Vandy at home.
2: Okay, yeah, they're winning that game. Yes.
3: All due respect to Clark Lee, they're winning that game. They're winning that game. Six and Mm 2 This is where it gets fun. Texas AM at home.
2: No idea. I'm going to okay, take. Here's the better way to phrase it. Do you, Zach Barry, believe Ole Miss is going to beat Auburn, Arkansas, and Texas A&M? Do you think it's more likely than not? Taking your red and blue glass? Off, like, what's more likely? Nope. They win all three of those games? No, of course they don't. So which one are they losing? If I'm picking Auburn, would... Arkansas, Texas, A&M, just pick one. We're saying that by this point, they have lost three I'll games. I'll say. I'll say they lose to A and M. Okay, fine. I'll say they lose to Auburn. Now
3: I forgot to mention there is a bye week in between Arkansas and Auburn, so that's crucial.
2: I think they're going to lose to Auburn. We are all Miss. Okay. I think they beat Texas. Which, A&M yeah, A&M I mean, Hall. sure.
3: Like, I, I'm saying. By I that think Walker point, Howard
2: beats Texas A and M at home.
3: By that point, Bobby Petrino's got something figured out.
2: You didn't hear it. You didn't even stop me in my tracks. Nah, I mean it could happen. Okay,
3: keep going. One of the other, one of the other two guys gets banged up or is, you know, pisses off Lane, has a couple bad series, and they put the kid in,
2: and he <laughs> gets in his bag. Yeah, but that point. So anyway, we haven't gotten to Georgia. Yet. God. We're, already, we're, we're already setting no up scenarios. Cap. We're already setting up scenarios. We haven't even gotten to Georgia yet. So we're Walker <laughs> Howard's the quarterback. Jesus, what a journey
3: down some county roads here. That we're back to our point. Yeah. So. Going back to that Music City Bowl in two
2: thousand one, I could see this happening,
3: where Ole Miss is losing. It's one of those games where they're kind of in it, but not really, because Georgia will never let them get into the end zone. But they're still around; they're still hanging around. They're not getting blown out. But it's November eleventh. It's week whatever at that point ten, and you put Walker Howard in and he has a couple late scoring drives to cover. And then the hype train starts. Yeah. Cause after that you play ULM and that's a win. And then you have the egg bowl, whatever. But then that's when it's like, all right, Walker Howard, 2024.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I think so that's I can, what I, can I see. I, that happening. How, yeah, that's what I see sitting up. That's what I expect. Because
3: Georgia is much better than Alabama, but they're in the same spot. Like Stetson Bennett is gone. So they got to figure out quarterback, too.
2: Isn't it? But they're not winning that, that game. Isn't it amazing, though, that knowing what we know about Stetson's career – I mean, he started at JUCO here in Mississippi. Knowing what we know about Stetson that we're saying all these years later, uh, Stetson Bennett is gone. It's going to be hard for the national championship, back-to-back national champion Georgia. Yeah. But it's true. But, like, it, like, That's tough, what I've seen so over there. That's what's so curious to me about Spencer Sanders' as recruitment. Maybe wow. Georgia doesn't believe that Spencer Sanders is an improvement over the guys they got coming behind Stetson in their room. Okay. But Auburn would have killed for Spencer Sanders. And he comes to Ole Miss. It's a weird dichotomy that we're facing here, that we're looking at with this group. Because Jackson Dart, says, I mean, he was recruited. It says like, a lot recruit. about Lane Kiffin. Yes. and it says a lot about Quinshawn Judkins. And these three quarterbacks.
3: If you're a quarterback looking for somewhere to play. Makes sense. And you're like, oh, wait, you're telling me I can hand it off to number four? Or play,
2: or even if I don't get the job, I'm going to get some of the best quarterback tutelage, and they're going to still pay me. That's appealing. And it makes for a mess of on the field. But I think Lane Kiffin and staff, as they evaluated next season, not and what I mean by a mess is not they're going to like lose eight games. Mess is in it, it's going to be pretty at times and enticing at times, and you're going to think, "Oh, I see where they're going. They could be this man if this happens. Oh, if that keeps going, and then they're going to just lay an egg somewhere because it's going to be a developing team. We thought in year four it wouldn't be as a, uh, as in, as much in a developmental phase as it is Ole Miss football, but it is." But yet they're straddling this line because they've raised the expectations. He's gotten paid as Lane Kiffin nine million a year. Like they're straddling this line of, we've got to still aspire to, and say that we're headed towards this pro mindset, ten wins, playoffs, all that stuff. But we have to prepare as if it is what it's going to be, and that's a retooling year that could still be fun. And when you're trying to break down the quarterbacks and what we learned from the spring and what we what we're like projecting out towards the end of next year, what sticks out to me is all three are going to play, and one way or the other, Walker is going to be the starting quarterback next year. And that team, with Walker Howard, the most talented of the three, in my opinion, as far as just pure talent, he'll be inheriting a 10-win team with a rising junior Heisman candidate and Quinshawn Jenkins and running back. That team, that with the playoff coming, that team's going to the playoffs. You know what I mean? I mean, that team, and when he gets there, Walker Howard will be, you know, Barreling his way towards stardom, a top two round pick in the draft. I mean, who's he looks like Jake Locker to me at worst? And he was number eight overall to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, sorry, pulling some old ones out of the hat. Just that just made me cringe. You didn't like Jake Locker? I love Jake Locker, but he's terrible for the I'm talking about in college. Yes, I was there,
3: I was there for. the Titans. Uh, he he almost beat the Saints. I don't even remember what year that was. I was convinced like Jake Locker. 2010 or 2011.
2: I I just knew he was going to be the next. You know, Drew. I mean, he's Drew Brees to me. He's he looked just like that. I was convinced Jake Locker was going to be awesome. Convinced. I mean, I think. I think that's also kind of the profile. No, no, it's not. Jake Locker could throw. Jackson Dark can throw, but he doesn't have the same kind of – Walker Howard is a stud. And I don't want Ole Miss fans just because we say, hey, they're in a developmental phase. Uh, they need to add some pieces in the portal, like real impact pieces in the portal defensively, that we're writing off next season. It's just you've got to have the expectations of if Ole Miss gets to 8-4 and four, or – if Ole Miss gets to eight and four with Walker Howard showing late, next season could be really special. And Lane Kiffin is now in it for the long haul, which we haven't talked—you know—which we haven't been able to say for the first three years. It's a completely different outlook. I think this year is going to be fun, and, and historically would have been one of the best seasons ever. You remember every year Ole Miss was going seven and five. I mean, this eight and four regular season with a chance to win nine in postseason. Oh, you'd have taken it yeah, in the heartbeat. I mean, what- you'd have ran with it. Yeah, The
3: schedule we just ran through, we got him at eight and four.
2: This feels about right.
3: Yeah. And like Walker I said, Howard if beats they Texas catch, A&M. catch somebody slipping, they beat Auburn-Arkansas A&M, it's nine and three.
2: Feels is, right. With Walker I, Howard and Heron. Which is, which is possible. With, I mean, think about what Walker you got, Howard's going to have. And think about what Walker Howard's going to have. Heisman candidate, junior, Quinshawn Jenkins. Chris Marshall, the number one – I mean, number three overall wide receiver in his recruiting class in 2020 – or 2022, excuse me. And the number 11 overall pro- – I can't remember exactly what the numbers are. But he was a top 25 guy. And that'll now – and he's he's locked in here. He's used his one-year penalty free transfer. He's locked in. And you look across the board. They won't have Caden Freeze corn anymore, but they love their young tight ends. They don't, won't have Michael Trigg, ideally, because he will have had a great year this year. They might, but they love yeah. their young tight ends. Uh, who's the kid they just signed? The Connor kid?
3: They I love, love that Connor. And you he, got Kyron Heath still there.
2: Yeah. And Hudson Wolf still here, too. Austin, He's Both of your starting tackles will be third year starters. Mm-hmm. I mean, on and on and on and on. That team, that's a playoff contender. And defensively I mean, by and then, you... with Pete Golding, you'll have restocked <clears throat> to the point where, yeah, you can seriously take that defense seriously.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's that's an upgrade and a half there. We talked about oh, John yeah. Garrison being an upgrade. I mean, Pete Golding is going to win the games.
2: Yeah. He just needs more talent. And I think that's where they're going to focus in the pool. But you
3: – this season – I know 24 is like – you know, that's the, that's like the – you know, that's up on the top shelf where you're looking at it, and it's like you, you can't – you know, it's like yeah, I don't know the metaphor, but you know, it's something where like your dad is like, "Hey, when you're, when you're, when you're this old, you get this." So it's like you see it every day. It's up there. You can't have it yet. You're one year away. But the non-conference schedule this year very, 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 very manageable. Tulane's not going to be the same as they were last year.
2: Ole Miss Georgia is going to beat Tulane. I don't like to freak out about Tulane. No. It, Maybe I'm jinxed I'm knocking this on wood. not twenty I'm knocking on wood. All right. but I know, Ole Miss fans will just say, Ben, you jinxed. You just jinxed them again. I really did think I was the jinx. Once I landed in Omaha to go see Ole Miss win a national championship in baseball, which feels like an eternity ago with this season. Horrible. <laughs> um, and they lose the first game I see in person. I, I thought, okay, Ben, seriously, God is sending you a sign. Go home. And I didn't go to the next game. I, I stayed in, in the condo. I said I was flying home, but I stayed in the condo or the Airbnb me and Jeff Robertson and Chase Forham had all paid for and gotten in on gone in on together. I just stayed there and watched it on TV and they won. Good and and the thing is you think I'd be I'd feel relieved. Those and I felt worse cuz I was like, "Well, I'm going to the next one. What if they lose that one?"
3: Those three names you just rattled off in an Airbnb together at the College World Series.
2: What is the, it demons,
3: the demons that are just permeating from oh, everyone's skin. Those, and that. I adore them. They're my friends. No, no, no. I mean, like, all the, like, all three of y'all were probably just like, oh, God, what have we done? Oh, like, oh here, the Ole Miss gonna demons? We're going to ruin it for oh, everyone.
2: Yeah. No, no, Chase, yeah, Chase, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jeff were doing it right. Um, They were blaming me, and they should have. And I was totally freaked out. <laughs> I was totally freaked out. So I'm knocking on the, three, wood. Three knocking top, on the wood.
3: Three top-notch Ole Miss baseball fans and yeah. – and riders lived and died it like, their entire life No, <laughs> yeah
2: it was brutal um all right so knowing that I'm not the jinx but just in case I am never getting that I'm knocking the wood but Ole Miss is going to beat Tulane let's stop with the freak out of the Tulane game they're going to beat Tulane yeah if they don't they this. got way bigger problems
3: yeah look at the schedule so you've got the non-con is the non-con now, I'm not saying these are all wins, but you've got Alabama and Georgia who've got to find a quarterback. You've got Arkansas, who is Arkansas like it's always going to be a tough one, but they've got some pieces to replace. Auburn has a new head coach, A&M has a new coordinator, and you never know what they're going to be, and then Mississippi State has a new head coach. So, if this is the year where you're going to clip someone and win one more than you should, it's this year. I could buy that. Not saying that they're going to go 9 and 3, they very well could. Literally anything is possible. Kevin Garnett said it. So it's possible. Hope but springs
2: eternal, my friend.
3: <clears throat> it's, it's there. And you've got a returning quarterback, a returning running back. If everyone can get healthy, you've got a slew of offensive linemen with experience that can play. You've got a top 10 defensive coordinator now. Um, hey, Caden Costa's back. You got a good kicker. Um
2: a Taiwan Malone is gone as we as we're recording this. He's gotten into the portal. That's a loss. Also, Markevious Brown has entered the transfer portal. Wow, dang! Some stuff is happening as we're as we're talking here.
3: He was on he was on the field for like the whole spring game.
2: Well, he started out as the replacement for DeAndre Prince opposite Samari Walton, but he just he started losing snaps like even to like walk ons and non scholarship players. So, in a spring where it was his time to step up, especially with Davison gone, transferred out. Uh, Miles Battle gone, transferred out. This was his spring. Uh, DeAndre hurt, and he started seeding snaps to lesser players on paper. This one isn't the same kind of loss to me. They're going to sign yeah, a corner in this portal period. They are going to add a corner.
3: Is this going to be – is Ole going to be the first school to just – Double bird to the SEC and the NCAA and try to get an interconference transfer. Jacquez yes. Robinson got in the portal on Sunday. Yes, he's from Alabama. Yes, Pete Golding recruited him. <laughs> yes, I, I mean, look, I just do it, and then just why? Say, why is
2: that even a thing? That is complete nonsense. Because The NCAA is just cleaning up. Oh, no, any that's power SEC that they thing. Still have. I thought I thought that was just an SEC
3: thing. Uh, it's it, probably
2: both. Uh, that's that's got. Greg Sankey and Nick Saban, Jimbo, bitching and complaining in the back room together, written all over it, man. Good grief. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I I don't want to have to, like, worry about Lane coming in here and grabbing my, my defensive tackle. That's what that sounds like. Good Lord. That
3: was, that was a good Jimbo.
2: The fact that you knew it was Jimbo makes me feel better about it.
3: Hey, appreciate everybody joining, listening in. Um, I do want to remind you... Uh, You, the listener and the subscriber posted it on the board for the on three app that is close to being unveiled. You want to remember that if you are wanting to. It will require you to log in using your email address um, instead of your username. Starting in May. So if you want to change your email address, you can find that link on the message board. Go there. Get all that set up before the app is rolled out. Um, look, Shannon Terry is is excited with a capital E about this app. It's going to be uh, revolutionary. It's going to be first of its kind, all the buzzwords, all that stuff. It's going to be very cool. So be sure to uh, go and take care of that before it comes out. Um, but again, thank you to the listener for tuning in. Thanks to Ben. This has been Talk of Champions.
0: who get it done.